Gallagher reporting to you on digital culture for Digital Village. Today, we're going to talk about alcohol. Well, more specifically, distilling spirits like rum and whiskey. In the distillery business, there are a lot of local spirits, and they're celebrated as such in the community they're from. But how do you make a product from your distillery that will be interesting to, say, a bar in Tokyo when you're producing in Monterey County, California, and you're up against famous whiskeys like Blackadder 25? Most award-winning whiskey and rum are aged in barrels of different types of wood, and for many years. But what if there was a way to create the same effect in a fraction of the time? At Lost Spirits, they figured out how to do just that. Nestled in downtown LA, they are trying to create new types of booze and even resurrecting lost ones, and the process takes just six days. But more on that later. Not only are they distilling exciting types of alcohol, they've also created a tasting experience around it bringing together science, technology, and art that has an Island of Dr. Moreau vibe and a boat ride in the middle of Los Angeles. Your guide through the distillery is Tessa, who sounds eerily similar to the voice of the computer interfaces on the Starship Enterprise. Here's just a part of her welcome. This is a working distillery, which can be dangerous. Please follow your guide's instructions at all times to help ensure a positive outcome. With that... Please enjoy your time here. Not only is Tessie your guide, but she also runs a lot of the distilling process. For more on that, I'm joined by Brian Davis, inventor, co-founder, and booze formula developer at Lost Spirits. We talk about how you can take a process that takes 30 years and distill it (laughs) down to six days and creating an alcohol theme park. But first, the history of Lost Spirits. The short, short version of the distillery is, uh, you know, Joanne and I sold an absinthe distillery off in Spain in 2009. And when we moved back to the U.S., uh, we decided we wanted to do a retirement project. And so we set out to essentially recreate a, a style of bourbon that was lost to history because the equipment didn't exist anymore. And we built this little tiny cult distillery in Northern California that was just the two of us and like 2,000 cases a year of production. And, uh, and really sort of, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun. We built a two-acre Japanese tea garden out there. Uh, we spent a lot of time figuring out how to grow moss on rocks. It, uh, it turns out that's actually quite complicated. It's nowhere near as easy as it sounds. But yeah, anyway, long story short, we were having a lot of fun. And then in 2014, I ended up inventing a technology that allowed us to, uh, to manipulate and control how booze aged, which was really cool and really exciting. And, uh, and so we moved into a lab in Silicon Valley, became a tech company for a while. And then uh, at the end of 2016, we thought it would be really fun to open a distillery again. So we sort of dreamt up this place. And the idea was to, to kind of merge... Uh, you know, molecular gastronomy with alcohol production with sort of a, I don't know, theme park-like tasting rooms and uh, and sort of a dreamscape. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we really got to uh, to go nuts building this place and designing all the different booze for it. And uh, yeah, it keeps me off the streets. <laughs> the booze is keeping you off the streets. Intuitive, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when I was a kid, that's not what I was told. <laughs> Could you talk a little bit about chemically how you can make something that takes 20, 30 years to happen, happen in under a week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fairly straightforward. We essentially take wood and cut it up into pieces and then put it in a stainless steel basket. And, uh, and we drop it into a tank full of booze. And then we heat it up to a temperature at which it activates a catalyst inside the wood uh, that converts the carboxylic acids from the raw white spirit, which are the off flavors in booze, and, uh, and chemically binds those to the alcohols to make them taste like fruit flavors. And then we, uh, we put it in a glass tube and drop the wood in on a stainless steel basket up against the glass. 
and then use super high intensity light to break the polymers on the surface of the wood apart so they degrade into the alcohol in much the same way they would over decades in a barrel and uh, and then all those degradation products get trapped in the liquid so they give us all the rest of the precursor flavors that we need uh, and the color and then we uh, we pump it back over into the stainless steel tank repeat step one and put all 350 or so different molecules together in the right order and at the right proportions and then uh sounds hard yeah but i mean the entire process takes six days and we uh, we rest on the seventh how, how very biblical of you it's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite line of the entire tour yeah no that was that was a great one and we rest on sundays <laughs> what has been the response from traditional distilleries because we've tasted both a rum and a whiskey and i feel like there's a lot of stuff around that like mm-hmm. very specific it is very written out how this is supposed to be it's supposed to be this long this barrel so what has the response been for you yeah i mean generally speaking the consumers are actually quite receptive and generally very friendly i mean especially when it's me making it because you know it's sort of like um i know a lot of companies that have sort of tried this kind of thing before haven't worked out very well but largely it's because the technologies didn't work and also because people were really trying to um to cater to sort of the bottom end commodity end of the market. Whereas we're busy trying to recreate, you know, sort of like age old legendary styles of booze and trying to figure out not only how to recreate them, but how to add to the conversation. You know, sort of like the whiskey that you're drinking. It's a Isla style scotches are actually a very traditional segment of whiskey production, right? I mean, especially traditional. And when we decided to make it, we really asked the question of, okay, if you recreate Laphroaig 20 year old, right, you didn't actually really do anything for the world. Because you can already buy a bottle of 20-year-old Laphroaig. It's not like it's something that's unobtainium or inaccessible and that you can't get your hands on. And so the question becomes like, okay, how do you make something that's of value to people? Um, and so we spent a lot of time dreaming up how do you make a whiskey, that, an Isla whiskey that Isla can't make. And that's how we ended up settling on figuring out how to create the effect of a used late harvest Riesling wine barrel, which is a wine that doesn't get aged in barrels. So how do you recreate flavor profiles that simply don't exist so that you're adding to the conversation as opposed to mimicking the conversation, if that makes sense? As far as the distilleries in the industry, that's an entirely different thing. Some of them are very publicly opposed. Some of them say nothing. All of them send us a non-disclosure agreement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But honestly, I mean, it's a... You know, yeah, we do some consulting work in different technological stuff. That's the sort of like meat and potatoes business side of the equation. But uh, in all honesty, the the fun culinary artistic side of the equation is much more interesting. This whole experience has been been very interesting. So my my next question is coming from doing stuff in Northern California. Why did you choose Los Angeles to have such an amazing distillery tour experience? Uh, it was completely about zoning. So uh, Los Angeles's downtown area in the Arts District specifically has warehouses that are walking distance to coffee shops. And that was really our primary motivation. Uh, we wanted to work somewhere where, you know, once we had the computer doing our job, we could walk over and get a cup of coffee. <laughs> Wait, really? Like, that, that's serious? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm serious. Like, so there, there were only three places that, in, that really sort of checked all the boxes. It was either going to be here, um, Oakland, if we could get a warehouse near Lake Merritt, or, um, or Brooklyn. Uh, where you have sort of like the industrial zoning right next to areas where it's cool to hang out and there's things to do and coffee shops and restaurants and, you know, bars and all of that stuff. Because we wanted to have a social life. What's the next thing you're working on, you're trying to distill, you're trying to recreate? Oh, uh, yeah, no, we have all kinds of things going. Uh, we're recreating 1858 Medford rum. Actually, for all intents and purposes, we've already recreated the white rum from the original Medford distillery after uh, harvesting the yeast strain from the, uh, from the air around the distillery and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, we're working on building the botanical gardens so that we can make brandy out of tropical fruits that no one's ever had before in the U.S. or Europe, you know, outside of really probably Brazil. 
Uh, and then we're working on, um, let's see, uh, probably going to end up doing a cocktail-y sort of concept. Uh, we have a 1930s train uh, in the works. But no, hold on a second. You 1930s train, do I, is it just going to be a train car sitting here? Well, like a dining car and, oh, okay. and, and using it as a way to get you around different parts of the distillery. So that's a work in progress. You already have a boat. You need a train too? Well, I mean, you, 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 yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, 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 as I asked that question, I realized how dumb it was. <laughs> uh, we're doing some fun stuff with holograms. That's going to be amusing. Uh, we have all kinds of projects in the works. You know, it's sort of like a never-ending. Essentially, we basically automated our jobs. So then we have all this time where it's like, okay, what are you going to do with it? And so we spend a little bit of it sort of changing the booze industry forever. And then we spend... Um, <laughs> you said that really, like, blasé. <laughs> yeah. and, then, uh, and then we have a lot of fun spending the rest of it, you know, sort of building basically like a treehouse with a budget. How can I come visit? What do I need to do? How does that all work? Yeah, no, so if you go to our website, which is lostspirits.net, so lost like you're lost in the forest, and spirits like, ooh, spirits, and... Uh, and then .net, like, uh, like the thing you catch fish with. But yeah, so you just go to our website, which is lostspirits.net, and then uh, you can click on tours and, and book a reservation. And it's super fun. You know, people seem to really enjoy themselves. Well, the whole place is interesting. Like, I mean, sort of the motto is science, technology, and art. And it's essentially using science and technology to create art in a way that generally isn't done. Uh, which is pretty fun and pretty interesting. And certainly for distilleries, nothing like this exists in the world. Which is sort of really, really fun. I think it's a great experience for people, and it's also a really cool way to see sort of applied science uh, in a way that you wouldn't normally see it. My guest this week was Brian Davis, inventor, co-founder, and booze formula developer at Lost Spirits, where they're creating rum and whiskey in just six days. You can experience all that Lost Spirits has to offer, like tasting the alcohol and going on that magical boat ride through downtown LA by visiting lostspirits.net. That's it for this week's edition of Digital Culture. I'm Brittany Gallagher. You can find out more on our website at www.digitalculture.la or follow me on Twitter at In a Quantum World. Yeah, sorry.